Hey y'all, it's Rachel Hollis and welcome to this week's edition of the Rise podcast. I am taping this in my home office where I am in week five of my family's quarantine. I'm sure just like you are, I am making it work while I am working from home. So shout out to anyone who is also figuring out the joys of the virtual workplace. This week, I wanted to dig into a topic that I don't want to use the word controversial because it's not like I am. I hate drama. And so I don't want to do anything that perpetuates it. But it feels a little bit like there's sort of two camps on social media about the way that we are supposed to be enduring this time. And I fall very distinctly into one camp. And then I know a lot of people who fall into the other camp. And so I want to talk about those things today. But before I want to dig into that, I want to start by saying that nobody, literally nobody, gets to tell you how to deal with a global pandemic. Okay? Okay. This is unprecedented. This is a time period where nobody was prepared for it and nobody has a perfect answer. So if you hear the advice that I'm going to give and you're like, that doesn't feel right in my spirit at all, oh my gosh, then don't listen to me. I am only ever sharing information that is what is helpful for me and is how I am processing this time or even before pandemic, how I process life or learn to deal with things or learn to navigate. So I'm only ever sharing what works for me. And I am speaking from a very specific perspective with a very specific worldview and my own past and my own information that informs the way that I believe. So anytime that you're learning from a teacher, you should always take what makes sense to you and leave the rest. So before I dig into my view, just be mindful that this is my view. And if it doesn't work for you, that's fantastic. There is probably another teacher who is handling what's going on in the world in a totally different way that might feel better for you. So that is my disclaimer for what I'm about to say. And now I'm about to drop some fire, some preaching, because I do have a very strong opinion and I'm going to share it. And you have to know something about me. I am, I grew up very non-confrontational. That was sort of how I was raised to be. And it's still something that I battle against today. But if I really passionately believe in something, I will battle to the death. For me to take on a topic that I know will rub some people the wrong way means that it's something that I believe in deeply. Deeply. And this is one of those things. I'm Rachel Hollis, and I've built a multi-million dollar media company with a high school diploma and the free information I found on the internet. In the 15 years that I've been building and scaling my company, I have become deeply passionate about helping other entrepreneurs to do the same. So each week, I'll be sharing tangible and tactical advice and inspiring interviews with the same intention. These are the tools to change your life and your business. This is the Rise Podcast. So there's sort of two camps when it comes to 
how people are processing what's going on. If you are listening to this six months in the future, I hope that you're like, whoo, thank goodness that we are no longer quarantined because there's a virus going around. But if you're listening to this in April of 2020, then you will understand what I'm talking about. So the first week of making the decision to go virtual at our office, I had a really hard week processing everything that was going on. And a big reason that I struggled to process it, I will be very honest with you. I believe I've shared with you guys before, but maybe you're new listeners and you don't know this about me and Dave, but we are very conservative when it comes to money and finances and we pay for things in cash and we don't do things on debt. And so when all of this started to happen, I didn't have worry about our family. I'm very blessed. We have paid off our home. We're, we're, we, we knew we would be okay. I didn't have anxiety about our family. My anxiety came from my business. So I have tried to be very responsible with how I approach business finances as well. And so we had uh, a significant cash reserve. And if you're not a business owner, the idea with having a big cash reserve is that you want to have at least six months of overhead, payroll, everything ready to go so that if something bad were to happen, you would be okay. Well, something bad happened. (laughs) the market crash because of what's going on with the virus. And so that first week, I could see very clearly what was going to happen. And I could see that the way that the economy was going would mean that a huge portion of our liquid assets in the business, that money that we set aside for a rainy day, would be eaten up. And what a blessing that we had the reserves in the first place because I know so many business owners who are really struggling because they needed more cash than they had. But the hard thing is that if you start to eat into your cash reserves and you don't have any plan for more money to come in, you're going to very soon be out of business. So that first week I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what are we gonna do? And I am not a person who ever sits with a problem for long. I am a fixer. I am a doer. I figure it out. And so that first week, I, and you can go back, there's a, there's a podcast from a, three or four weeks ago where I talk about this. I immediately went into, okay, let's fix it. What are we going to do? What's the plan? How are we moving forward? Because I take the responsibility of leadership very seriously. This is about my team. This is about making sure that they're okay. But even in making those decisions and, and, and moving swiftly and pivoting fast, I still, had, I still had anxiety. I still, I told you guys this, I still had a few days where I drank too much vodka, where I had a second cocktail when I never have a second drink, but I was very stressed and so I fell back onto old bad coping mechanisms to help me deal with the anxiety of what was going on. And I had that and then I stood back up. I stood back up because standing back up after having fallen down or having made a mistake or having chosen a coping mechanism I wish I didn't, any of those negative things, 
the choice to stand back up has become so familiar to me that it feels normal now to do that. And so as soon as I kind of got myself back together and I centered myself again and I went back to my routines and I was starting to feel better, as soon as I did it, I started talking about how important it was for all of us to be reaching for a better version of ourselves. I started talking. I told the story of how I was struggling. I told the story of how my great killer habits were the thing that anchored me back to myself. I started talking about how much we have to fight to be a better version of ourselves, even in a season of crisis. I've done a lot of self-reflection in the last 10 days as I've seen sort of this pushback on the internet of like, why is this something I feel so strongly about? Why is this something, most of the time I would say like, oh no, you know, you do you and sort of like, I'll do me. And I'm like, no, no. You know why? Because I was a little girl who didn't have people in her life who were fighting to come back from that, that negative place. And so I will do this work because there are children right now, there are little girls just like me, there are little boys, there are people right now who are counting on you to show up and be strong enough. And maybe me writing a post on social or maybe me recording this podcast coaching you and cheering for you and challenging you to believe that you are more courageous than you think you are. Maybe this is the thing that's going to make you stand back up again. So hear me say it. If it doesn't sit well in your gut, if you're like, you know what? No, Rach, I'm in a season of mourning. Then I freaking respect that. Go mourn. But if you are someone right now who's like, I don't like the way this feels. I don't like this anxiety. It's, it's making me a worse parent. It's making me a worse leader. It's making me feel bad about myself. It's making me make bad choices. Like, dude, you are the one that I'm talking to. See, we're doing this week in next 90 days that's about habits. Habits, the importance of habits. And what I wanted to talk to you about today was how do you stick with habits when it's hard? How do you stick with habits in a season like this one? And the answer is that it has been a part of your routine for so long. And I, I'm going to get into tactics. I promise that I am. But I just want to establish that first. If this is the thing that people are like, you know what? I can't. I cannot handle her positivity. I can't handle her telling me to move my body and it'll change my mind. I'm just not into it right now. That's okay. Because me showing up authentically is me showing up as the same person. Here's, here's what you need to hear. The core message has not changed. How you get those results has. Let me say it again. What you need to do has not changed, but the way to get the results, it just became more difficult. It just became harder for you to get in these habits every single day because life looks different now. Circumstances are different now. Mindset might be different now because you have external circumstances that make you worry. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe your partner just got furloughed. Maybe your partner is an essential worker. Maybe you're an essential worker. There's a million different stories 
listening to this podcast right now, which means you have your own narrative for how this will work out for you. But I know for a fact, I know for a fact that if you live the rest of this season, however long it lasts, if you live this season with intentionality, if you fight to stand back up again and again, if you say, man, I don't know what the world is going to throw at me, but by God, I am going to try and be the very best version of myself during this season, I know for a fact that you will come out of this stronger than you went into it. And I also know for a fact that if you are going to grieve and if you are going to allow yourself to have the space right now, if you are going to do that, that is okay. But what I want you to understand is that you are going to have to build yourself back up no matter what. If you feel like you're in a season of grief, feel it. Be there, but understand that the ladder to climb back up is still going to have to happen either way. So what I am trying to help people to do is to cling to the rope, okay? I want you to imagine that grief is, it's a hole. It's a hole in the ground and I'm speaking as someone who has gone through horrible trauma and grief that has lasted for years and still continues to be a part of my life, it's like you're digging a hole and you can find your way out. But the longer that you stay in the hole without at least looking up, without at least holding on to some sort of anchor The longer you stay there sort of floating around and kind of unmoored in this space of grief, the longer it will take you to claw your way back up out of this hole. And so what I'm trying to do as a teacher right now in the season is give people ideas and tips and tactics about how to hold on to the rope. For some of you, it's going to look like tying that rope around your waist tying a knot around it and just having some kind of small anchor to the earth. For other people, you might be able to stay positive most of the time. You might be able to cling to your habits most of the time. But the why, the why is major. Hear me. If you have people counting on you, you can't live in the hole. If you have babies counting on you right now, if you have teammates counting on you right now, look, I want to be clear. If you are going through true grief right now, if you've lost someone, if you've lost your business, if you've like, if you're truly grieving, you have to be able to do that. I'm not talking to people who are going through true grief. I am talking to people who are filling their heads with what is happening in the world around them, who are watching the news constantly, who are wallowing, who are freaking out about what's happening in the world, even though they don't know anyone personally who's actually been affected by it. And you know who I'm talking about. And you know if that's you. 
And you know what? I love you enough to piss you off. If you are freaking out right now about what is happening in the world and it hasn't actually affected you in any way except that you are safe at home in quarantine and you can't get the same groceries that you used to, you are not watching your partner choke to death because of a virus, because they can't get air. You're not watching. If that's not you, if you are not experiencing true trauma or true grief, you need to hear me right now. You are so freaking blessed. And if you have people counting on you, you cannot stay down. You can't. You can't. And if you think that you can, shut this podcast off. Because we, we are not going to be compatible, you and I. Because I took on the responsibility of being a mother. I did that. I chose these babies. They didn't choose to be here. I chose to be a mother. And if you chose to be a parent, then you signed on for the responsibility of keeping your head straight and staying centered and staying strong even when it's hard. You wanted to be a leader at your company? You signed up for that. You signed up to be a leader for your team. You own your own business. Maybe you own several businesses. You signed on for that. You wanted the accolades that came with leadership. You wanted the money that came with leadership. You wanted that. These people went into a collaboration with you. They signed on and they said, I believe that this is someone that I can trust to take care of me. And so you have to fight with everything that you have in you to be strong for them. You have to. This is not the time to feel sorry for yourself. If you really look at your life and you can say that this is scary what's happening in the world and it's hard and you're not totally sure what this will mean for you, but it hasn't yet affected you personally, but you're allowing yourself to drink too much and watch Netflix and freak out and spin out. Like, how dare you? People are counting on you. And yes, you are strong enough. Yes, you are brave enough. The voice in the back of your head keeps telling you that you need to bow out. The voice in the back of your head is telling you to pull the covers over your head and then in a few weeks or a month, then it'll be okay. In a few weeks or a month, you could lose everything. Stand back up. Your habits matter because how you show up in this world right now sets the foundation for every single thing that comes after it. I know that for a fact. And there will be people that disagree and I respect your desire to disagree. But this one, this is not the 37-year-old woman. This is a seven-year-old little girl who wished that this was a belief held by the adults in her life. So I'm willing to lose fans if it means that by challenging you, I can create some leaders. So let's go. Here are some things that you can do to hold on to your habits even when it's hard. Ooh, I'm fired up. I am fired up. I'm going to go to battle. I'm going to get in a fist fight. I don't know how to fist fight, but I'm going to figure it out. (laughs) Okay, for real. I'm going to calm down because I'm all fired up. But these are things that you can do to hold on to your habits 
even when it's hard. The first thing that I wanted to tell you guys is this is kind of a, remember I said that what I want you to do is have the same result, but that achieving it might look a little bit different. So I hope at this point you know all about my five to thrive. These are the five things that you can do every single day that will fundamentally change your life. If you are not sure what I'm talking about, you can go back a few episodes. I did a whole podcast about it. Also, if you don't know what I'm talking about, join our next 90-day challenge because that's a huge part of what we're doing. You can go to theholliscode.com forward slash next 90. In any event, um, five to thrive. It's these five things that you do every single day. These are grounding core habits that have helped me over the course of my life. But one of the things that I'm allowing myself in this season is I'm being a little bit more indulgent than I typically would with myself, but it looks like this. So here's the thing I want you to write down if you're taking notes. Be more hardcore with yourself on the things that were your former negative coping mechanisms and be more lenient in the areas that you know make you feel good but don't but don't have the possibility of turning into something that becomes a negative coping mechanism let me explain one of my really terrible coping mechanisms from the past was drinking too much if you have read girl wash your face then then you know this is something that i struggled with but for me it was a very slippery slope and it's something that I am very cognizant of today. So I really pay attention to alcohol consumption. I'm also a super lightweight, so it doesn't take much for me to feel like I'm having a good time. In this season, I'm being very hardcore on alcohol more than I ever would, even if I don't feel like I'm struggling, just because I can, I know that that can so easily become something bad again. But the flip side is that I'm being more lenient with myself in a way that makes me feel like I'm sort of indulging a little bit, but it's not something that can grow and become worse. So I am not really a sweets person. I am a salty person. I love french fries. I love tortilla chips. I could eat potato chips like I'm a salty kind of girl. I don't, I like dessert, but it's not something that I crave and we have had dessert in our house this entire quarantine and sometimes I've had it and sometimes I haven't but normally our family doesn't bring things like that into our house because we eat very clean and I'm just like you know what we are in we are in quarantine so I'm going to be more lenient but I'm being lenient in an area that I know will would be like a nice little treat if I got to have a cupcake that would be a nice treat for me especially if I've had a really grueling week at work. But that's not something that I ever am going to go binge eat because it's not my vice. The flip is if after a really hard week I go and have a drink, that could easily turn into two or three. So I want you to think of something in your life because I do think that it's very important that you stick to your habits. A lot of people are saying right now like, oh, why does it even matter? Like, why are you wearing jeans? Like, who cares about jeans? Why are you wearing a bra? What, you know, whatever. I know they're jokes, but there's some truth to them. And I think that it matters because it reminds us who we are. I still wake up every single day and I take a shower of, well, weekdays. 
I take a shower and I put makeup on and I do my hair every single weekday because it's part of my routine. And I really want to be mindful of like, if I stick to my routine, then it helps me stick to other routines like green juice and taking my supplements and drinking my water because it feels like I'm fulfilling all of these promises that I made to myself. The next thing that I think is really important in terms of sticking with your habits is to get accountability. So the easiest thing to do is if you have a partner that you can hold each other accountable for the great habits in your life, like, you know, probably our second week in quarantine, we were sort of eating a little bit too many snacks. We were having a good time. This was when I was, I I think I bought eight bags of tortilla chips at the grocery store. And you might think I'm being a weirdo, but I actually have a problem with tortilla chips. I will eat an entire bag and I'm, you're like, you're so dumb. No, for real. It's a, it's a problem. And if you do that every day, even if you're not a doctor, you can agree that's not a great choice for your life. So I was going a little crazy with the chips and I went to Dave and I was like, hey, I need you to help me. I'm, you know, I'm having chips that you're having chips and then maybe it becomes nachos and like it's a whole thing. And so he's like, oh my gosh, you're right. We've been going crazy. So we just sort of will hold each other accountable. So having some accountability with a partner or a friend is so key to sticking with your habits. You want to surround yourself with people who believe like you believe that you need to stay centered, that you need to live with intentionality, that you need to reach for more. If you don't have that in your life right now, you guys, sign up for a 90-day challenge. It is 100% free. Every single week, there's a theme. This week is habits. That's why I'm talking about this. Every single week, there's a theme. There's a class. They've taught an hour-long class about habits. Last week, I taught a 40-minute class about joy. The week before, it was a 40-minute class about perspective. And when you sign up for the challenge, you get access to all of them in our learning portal. It is 100% free. This is not an upsell. It's not going anywhere. We literally created the content because we knew that our community was struggling and we are doing it for the next three months. So through July 4th weekend, we are doing this in community. There are hundreds of thousands of people all over the world. Hashtag next 90 challenge if you want to see how people are using it in their lives. If you need accountability, I am telling you how to get it for free right now. So stop making an excuse. Thehollisco.com forward slash next nine zero. Okay. The next thing that I'm going to tell you is... When you are trying to hold on to habits, you have to be modeling behavior and seeing behavior of people who have great habits. It's the oldest saying in the world at this point, but you know that you are a combination of the five people that you hang out with most. So if who you're surrounding yourself with right now is your sister who is freaking out and your mom who is also freaking out and really negative stuff that you're seeing on social media, how are you supposed to be inspired to be a better version of yourself? You're not. You need to A, have the community around you, but B, you need to be learning from teachers. You need to be learning from teachers who 
are living this every single day, who are clinging to their great habits and their great routines and are teaching you how to do it as well. There is so much information, oh my gosh, like you could just go on YouTube and you could spend literally the next week just watching videos that would fill you with great insight. If you want to take another step, if you want to sort of dig in deeper, have you heard about Rise Live? It's the first time we are bringing our conference, our wildly successful personal development conference. We turned it into a virtual event. It is happening on May 2nd. It is streaming all over the world. It is eight hours of programming with me and John Maxwell and Ed Milet and Eric Thomas and Donald Miller and Jen Hatmaker and Dave. Like it is going to be amazing. And the least expensive ticket is literally $40. It's $40 for eight hours of programming. There's all sorts of perks and add-ons that you can do. But if all you did was just dig in on that day with these powerhouse speakers for eight hours talking about the idea of courage and leadership, you are going to get so much out of it. So much, you guys. The influence that you have from teachers and other people in your community matter. So if you don't have any great teachers or mentors pouring into you right now, consider Rise Live, May 2nd. Theholliscoe.com. It's like a huge banner right there at the top. You just press the button for live. You can find out all the info. You can watch the video. You can find out more. And if you don't want to do live, you don't have the money, don't make an excuse. Everything that you want to know how to do better exists right now on the internet for free. Go look it up. Falling back on your habits is the thing that will sustain you right now. Whatever those great habits were, before all of this started, if you were getting in a workout a few times a week, if you were adding more greens into your life, if you were spending time in prayer, if you were getting into meditation, now is not the time to quit. Yesterday was Easter and I saw so many posts of people saying like, I just, I didn't do anything like because we couldn't go to church or because I couldn't be with my family, I just like decided to do nothing. People were home with their kids, but like because they couldn't go to a wider family function, they were like, we just decided to like be low key and do nothing. And I was like, ugh, how dare you? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. You have to understand that I know what it feels like. I just know what it feels like to be the one counting on someone who doesn't have it, who doesn't pull themselves through. And so I saw those posts yesterday and I was like, you know what? Easter had nothing to do with you being able to go to church and wear a nice dress. If you're of the Christian faith, that was never what Easter was about. And yeah, I was sad. We have never had less than 50 people at our house for Easter in my life, truly. And yesterday it was seven of us my kids and my niece who's in quarantine with us. That's not a normal Easter, but I still put my heart into it. I still showed up for my life and for my family. I still fell back on the rituals of what we have always done. This is not the time to throw out everything that worked, you guys. This is the time to dig into what worked. Consistency compounds consistency compounds. We are not 
created by the things that we do with intensity. We are not created. We do not become who we are going to be because we did something two or three times with intensity. We are what we do every day. We are our habits. We are good and bad. We are the habits that we do every single day. This is not the time to give up. I don't know what people are thinking is going to happen if they mail it in. I, I don't, I, I truly don't know. I don't know what they think will happen two months from now if they just do nothing for two months. I don't know. I guess maybe they have that ability. Maybe they have the ability or the finances to just chill, to just wait. But not us, not you, not me. If you're still here, it's because you are trying to be a leader too. And you don't have the ability to sit and wait. You have people counting on you. You are counting on you. You worked so hard to get to your dreams in 2020. You worked so hard to get to this year. We were all so excited in 2020 vision and here's what I'm going to do and here's where I'm going to go and listen to me. That person is still in you. Those dreams are still there. They did not go away because of this chaos. You can still fight for who you want to be and the beauty is you're not just going to come out the other end as who you want to be. You're going to come out as someone better. You're going to come out as someone stronger. You're going to come out as someone with more empathy. You're going to come out as someone who is more grateful for their blessings. This season is going to make or break people. And who you become is entirely dependent on what you cling to. Cling to things that are good, right? Cling to your faith. Cling to your rituals. Cling to your habits. Cling to the things that make you great. They're not big. They're not audacious. They're not loud. Maybe that's why more people don't do them because they're not sexy. It looks like moving your body. It looks like drinking water. It looks like doing the work on your heart and your mind. It looks like prayer. It looks like conversation. It looks like you being real. Being real about how hard it is, but showing up anyway. You are strong enough. You are strong enough. Don't let anybody tell you different. And when you try and put positivity in the world, when you try and reach for joy, when you refuse to lay down and die just because it gets hard and people give you crap, keep going. Keep going. They don't have to understand you for it to be the right choice for you and your family. A leader is willing to keep going even when no one understands why. A leader knows their why. You know yours. Don't quit now. You are just getting started. Okay, guys, I'm going to stop preaching at you now. I hope that this podcast was helpful for you. 
I truly, truly hope that you heard something that made a difference in your life. And I'm going to ask you to share it on social. Uh, podcasts are always free, but it helps so much if other people hear about it. So if there was something that you dug, screenshot a picture of your phone and put it on social and tag me so that I can see. Let me know what you thought and let me know how you are showing up as a leader. Next up, we have our next 90 days teaching sneak peek right after this message from one of our sponsors. Welcome back everybody. It's week three of our next 90 days challenge and it's habit week. I've got a special sneak peek for you from our full course all about habits that's available now in the next 90 days portal. How do you get access to this magical portal full of free content? Well, we've put a link in this episode, so wherever you're listening to it, Apple, Spotify, our website, you can click the link that says next 90 days, enter your email, and that's it. You'll get instant access to everything we've released so far, plus some fun surprises on the horizon. Not only that, but you'll be joining hundreds of thousands of people all over the world, just like you, who are committed to using this time, hard as it may be, to build a better foundation for their lives through positive habits and a stronger mindset. We've seen so many incredible friendships grow out of our events and our Facebook groups, and we really want Next 90 Days to be a way to safely virtually bridge some of the distance we're all experiencing in the world. So visit the link or go to theholliscode.com right now to join us. And now here's a preview of this week's lesson on habits. Well, hello everyone. Big guy here, Dave, uh, here to talk about habits. It's habit week here in the next 90 day challenge. And man, are habits important, especially during this time. Uh, I think you know this, but in case you don't know this, 40 to 90%, conservatively 40 to 50%, but 40 to 90% of the things that you do on an every single day basis are living inside of your unconscious. They are things that you are not thinking about. And that means that if you are not considerate of the habits that you are putting into play, especially during times of crisis, especially during times of quarantine where things are totally upside down, uh, then your habits are in fact leading your life instead of you leading it. And so uh, we're going to talk about habits today because uh, one, I think it's super important to understand how to really get to the bottom of what the science of habits actually is. Uh, like what are habits? How do they work? How in understanding how they work? Might I actually take a little more control of that 40 to 90% of the things that I do on an every single day basis to engineer the kind of life that I'd hope for, to engineer me, you, showing up the way that you'd hope. Uh, but also just a little bit of uh, help in thinking about how to identify where your triggers come from, right? Your habits are a reaction to something happening in your life. And the more that you can get connected to and understand why you're triggered, where you're triggered, how you're triggered, what your usual behavior is when triggers show up, and how to, in understanding a little bit more how you get triggered or understanding a little bit more what your routine is when you get triggered, uh, maybe you can uh, preempt some of the things that have historically been a little more reflex with some proactive 
thoughtful, intentional action. All right, so I wanna start with this. This is a little bit of a side route into habits, but I think it's important. I wanna ask you a question. What are your personal values? What are your personal values? What are the things that are important to you? If you were to make a list of the five things that you value most in your life, that you value most in your relationship, that you value most when it comes to your health, I'm not just talking physical health, but when it comes to your, yes, physical health, but also your mental health, how you think, your emotional health, how you feel, your spiritual health, what you believe, your sexual health, how you connect intimately, what all of the healths, right? When you think of how you want to feel when it comes to your healths, what do you value? What do you value? What are your personal values? And, and why this is important, uh, I'm going to take you back to one of the more important times in 2020 for me. It was at the very, very beginning of the year. At the very beginning of the year, I went and spent a few days thinking about what my personal values were thinking about the kind of year that I wanted to have in this year, 2020. And I started in a, in a somewhat strange way. I decided to go looking backward at the times in my life where I experienced pain. And I wanted to, in trying to identify over the last five years of time where I experienced pain, see if there were any similarities in the things that were happening, the variables that were present, were there, were there any things that happened consistently during the times when I experienced pain? And one of the things, it turns out, that was a very consistent variable in the times when I experienced pain over the last five years of time was when the person I suggested I wanted to be, right? The, the values that I hold and how they might have me showing up consistently on an everyday basis for myself or the, for the people that I love, the person that I said I wanted to be was incongruent. There was dissonance between the person I said I wanted to be and the way I knew myself to be showing up at the end of a day, right? The way I felt about myself when I was by myself was affected by this space, this distance between who I said I wanted to be, what my personal values were, and how I knew myself to actually show up, right? That space, that dissonance, the incongruence that existed between my personal values and my actions was shame, was regret, was underfulfilled potential, was me not being the person I say I want to be. And the reason why I want to start with what your personal values are is the answer to what habits should I consider for me showing up in the way I'd want, start with you actually understanding what your values are, what person you'd hope to show up as consistently. For me, coming out of this exercise, ugh, such a like great clarity moment in my life, I had to boil it down to a pretty simple math equation. I boiled it down to what I call an if-then statement. If I want to be an exceptional husband, then I have to intentionally pursue my wife. Then my calendar needs to reflect my intention for an exceptional relationship, 
with a date night. Then I have to prioritize intimacy. Then I have to put down technology and have conversation. Then I have to create a trust by sharing the way that I'm feeling. Then I have to listen before I uh, actually respond when she's telling me something. Then, 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 right? If I want to be a father who's close to his children, then I need to connect with them one-on-one. -on -one. Then I need to find a way to put technology down and have conversation with them about how their day is going. Then I need to model for them the way that I'd hope for them to show up in their life by showing up for mine. Then, 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 right? If I want to have the kind of relationship with God that I would aspire to have on an everyday basis, then I need to be consistent in how I spend time in communion with God, in, in a devotional or in something that might have me connecting with God. If I want to feel a certain way physically, then, right? And so the if-then statement, you can do it for literally anything in your life, but the if-then statements of my life were my attempts to close the gap between who I've suggested I'd like to be, the statement of my personal values, and how I'd have to act consistently to create congruence between the vision of who I'd like to be and the kind of behaviors I'd have to lean into on an everyday basis to have that person that I know I can be or that I'd hope to be the person I know myself to be when my head hits the pillow at the end of the day.